You're listening to Simparts Radio, episode number 204. And today, I have a special guest on who's going to tell us the difference between intermittent fasting and prolonged fasting and which one is actually better for us to do. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is a place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. I am excited you are here today as we break down a very controversial topic in the health space, and that's the difference between intermittent fasting and prolonged fasting. Now, I know intermittent fasting is all the rage right now, and I actually do enjoy it. However, I have been looking into this idea of prolonged fasting and what we're missing out by just doing intermittent fasting altogether. On top of that, we are one of the first generations in the history of the world not to encounter some kind of prolonged fast periodically throughout the course of a year. And so very few people are actually implementing this into their life. But on the flip side, the research is mounting that this alone is one of the most healing and therapeutic things we can do for our body. In fact, the cancer research even shows that fasting in itself is one of the best natural remedies to cancer therapy outside of all the other medications. And today, we're going to talk all about that. Yes, today on the show, I have Dr. Joseph Anton. He's the CEO of a company called El Nutra. He works with one of the leading global researchers in the area of longevity at the Longevity Center at USC. He is one of the leading researchers who's at the forefront of changing our current healthcare system of sick care to a more proactive approach, which meant taking care of our existing good health. After years of working with the pharmaceutical companies and later focusing on public health policy, he found what he was searching for at El Nutra, a cutting-edge Nutra technology company. And today, we get to learn from him. Like I said, I'm going to be asking Dr. Joseph Anton all about fasting, what the difference in our body is between intermittent fasting and prolonged fasting, what a prolonged fast incorporates, and how we can do this realistically in our own life. You're going to want to stay tuned because it will blow your mind. But in the meantime, don't forget that I have two recent announcements. One is I'm open for personal consulting. If you have been on the fence or you want a little additional help with your life and you just want to take things to a new level, you want to make health who you are, not just another thing you have to do, maybe it's time to step into some personal consulting. And personal consulting, I meet you right where you are and help you to understand how your body works, what it's telling you, and ultimately how we can create a plan that works for you and your entire family. To learn more about personal consulting, head on over to SimperitzWellness.com, click on the work with me page. I also work with autoimmune diseases, food sensitivities, family planning, pregnancy, postpartum, the entire gamut. So if you need help, make sure you head on over there, sign up for that. There are no packages. I just meet you right where you are and we take it session by session. Also, I'm so excited about the latest class that I'm going to be teaching over at Simperitz Wellness called Health Made Simple. This is an eight-part class that is going to break down the entire scope of the body in the most simplified manner that actually matters. Like we're going to cut through the confusion and break down what is going to work for you, creating healthy rhythms to establish lasting health and even happiness and joy in the process. You really aren't going to want to miss this. It's a state-of-the-art course that I have researched for the last few years, and I cannot wait to bring to you. So if you want to get in, Remember, there's only a limited number of spots open for this, and it's going to be taught live. You want to head over to SemperanceWellness.com. Check it out. It's going to be on the homepage. Like I said, there's a limited number of spots, and registration closes in less than a week. So make sure you head on over to SemperanceWellness.com to check that out and get on the wait list if you want to be a part of this in the future. Okay, that's it for the announcements. For now, let's get back to the show and welcome Dr. Joseph Anton. Welcome to the show, Dr. Anton. I'm excited to talk about a subject that we've kind of brushed the surface on here, but I think it's pretty well known. And yet at the same time, so much confusion around the subject of fasting. So thanks for being on. Yes, sure. Uh, Lovely to talk to you today about fasting and longevity. So fasting is becoming a really big topic in the medical community. And I think we often hear of fasting for weight loss purposes, which we're going to talk about later, but there is this entire longevity component and fasting in history has been something that we've been a people who 
have done a lot more of because of our environment and also more for religious reasons. So can you kind of fill us in on the history of fasting and kind of break down the science behind it? Yeah, well, um, thank you for uh, for allowing this, you know, me to do this today. Um, fasting actually dates as long as we, as you know, as humans have been on planet Earth because we were, mm-hmm. um, when we, um, whether it's natural evolution or, or creation, in both cases, there was, uh, food wasn't readily available. So we had to go and seek food and we were, we didn't have the tools to, um, you know, to, um, 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 to easily ourselves, you know, harvest and, and, and seed right. and, and have cattle and all of that. So fasting literally existed with us today. We were uh, conceived or, or, you know, we evolved on planet Earth. So it was part of our diet. Today we talk about it as a new invention, but it actually was part of our diet. It was part of balancing us. So when, mm-hmm. when food was abundant, we stored the extra in fat in terms of fat. And when there was no food or scarcity of food, then we tap into the fat. And this is how we kept ourselves balanced. And then even when food started becoming available, um, religion, you know, uh, uh, the top five religion in the world, whether it's Christianity or Buddhism or Islam or Judaism, um, they all actually have one common word, which is fasting. Mm-hmm. And um, so we carried that tradition with us all the way to the last 50, 60 years when we became less religious, food supply chain becomes so efficient and cheap that uh, we started eating all the time. And some theories in, in nutrition, uh, we're talking about eating multiple times a day, small portions, which if you can do portion control, that might help. But unfortunately, most people are not doing that. So we ended up eating frequently. We ended up, uh, food became cheap and readily available. We can now in one app click get food at our home. So right. we started stacking more the food in terms of fat and becoming insulin resistance and then resistant and then getting diabetes and the flare of cancer, which for those who don't know, there's a big linkage between cancer and obesity now. Even Alzheimer's, we're calling Alzheimer's now diabetes type 3. Um, in autoimmune diseases, et cetera, et cetera. So literally when we dropped fasting as humans or calorie control, if you want, in that sense, we became more obese and metabolic and started suffering from chronic diseases. Unfortunately, with all the trillions of dollars now spending on healthcare, almost 2.3 trillion uh, reaching Mm -hmm. in the U.S., we are witnessing a decrease in longevity in the U.S. So we lost 0.4 years. Uh, for our listeners, it's very important to know that in the last four years, we've lost um, 0.4 years on our longevity, despite all the advances that we do. And this is another sign that we should really look at our lifestyle than looking more at an added surgery or an added pill in the market. Right, right. And like you said, it's something as simple as fasting, which there's so much confusion behind it. And I think part of it is we just don't understand why it's important to our body outside of what the world is telling us about fasting. What is actually happening inside of our body when we fast? Like why is fast so critical for longevity and preventing the top four really killers of people in America? Yeah. So, you know, fasting became a popular topic the last three years. And and the main reason is uh, a lot of fasting research was happening at the Longevity Institute at University of Southern California, which the results of which started getting published. And there's a prominent researcher there leading the Longevity Institute and the fasting research. His name is Professor Walter Longo. This is a very important name for people interested in nutrition and longevity. Walter Longo, and who published the book, The Longevity Diet, last year, uh, became an Amazon bestseller and because of his fasting discovery, time named mm-hmm. him among the top 50 most influential people in health now. So fasting is driving, you know, the top 50 influential, you know, topics today. And, and basically at USC, they, they've been doing research on, on longevity, aging, and fasting for 23 years. It was all indoor, and they were studying hours of fasting versus days of fasting and what happens you know, 10 hours, 12 hours, one day, two days, all the way to five and seven days. And the, what made fasting, if you want, that big of a topic the last three years is the discovery that they made mo- mostly among, you know, about what we call prolonged fasting, meaning fasting for several days in a row. 
This is what kind of blew up fasting, and then we went back to fasting for a few hours. So let me explain that. What they discovered at the University of Southern California is that if you fast for several days in a row, you're creating a stress in your body that is unique. You know, the body goes back to, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago when we used to fast for several days. Food was scarce, mm-hmm. or we were migrating during the winter, etc. The body had learned how to survive, and the body aligns very unique. Uh, um, you know, functional and structural changes to survive the fast. So what the body says is, okay, I'm going bankrupt. I'm, I have several days of no food. It's like a company going bankrupt. If you're going bankrupt as a company, what are you going to do? You're going to first, you know, you're going to use your bank reserves. And this is what the body starts doing the day, first and second day. They start tapping into the fat. Mm-hmm. They start losing the fat and transforming fat to ketones, to which is a fuel to the body. But the longer you go, and now that you depleted your bank reserves, you're going to start restructuring your company if you're going through financial difficulties. And restructuring is improving performance. And the body does the same thing on day two and three. The body starts asking the cells now to optimize their function, to clean their inside, to eat the debris, etc. That process of cellular repair, if you want, or healing or restructuring or cleanup, we call it autophagy, mm-hmm. self-eat. And it's an important word because in 2016, it won the Nobel Prize in Medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something important for our listeners that fasting with autophagy and autophagy specifically won a Nobel Prize in Medicine in 2016. Now, if you still go longer, and, and autophagy happens on day two and three of fasting. So day one and two, you live on your fat and you, you break down the fat and the liver also helps um, with, with dumping more, more calories and, and you know, via process we call neoglucogenesis. But the longer you go, now the cells have to optimize, have to restructure. That's autophagy day two and three. If you cross day three and now you're hitting day four and five, going back to the analogy of a company going under the stress, yeah. you, you use bank account, you, um, you uh, restructure the company and you still you have financial difficulties, what you're going to do, you're going to start letting some people go. And you're going to live under this most lean, efficient, and effective uh, structure that you might have and function, awaiting for the money to come. And if the money comes, you're a very you know, effective, restructured, rejuvenated company. And this is what happens to the body on day four and five. Now the body is taking structural changes. It starts pushing younger cells um, to, to, to be more active because they're more cost-effective. Mm-hmm. They don't have DNA damage. They're not, mm-hmm. they're not old and ineffective. So invest more in the younger you, in the younger part of you to survive the fast. And this is why um, uh, uh, fasting and longevity are linked now and mainly this prolonged fasting of five days mm-hmm. and because it's so difficult to fast on water for five days. Uh, the National Institute of Aging and the National Institute of Health sponsored USC with tens of millions of dollars of grants to develop what is called the fasting mimicking diet, meaning a food that can nourish your body while keeping the cells in a fasting mode. Can we feed the body and you need to eat for five days? It's risky to water fast on five days. You need minerals, you need vitamins, you need you know, proteins and carbs and fat to survive. So um, this is a, a big oxymoron, but it's one of the biggest discovery in nutrition in this century, which is, can we eat plant-based healthy food that actually feeds the body, but not enough to convince the cells that they have enough and they should go off mm. fasting. And that was mm. a big discovery called the Fasting Mimicking Diet, which was published starting in 2016 and made fasting big because the FMD, the, what we call FMD or Fasting Mimicking Diet, uh, won, the, won the, um, the patent, which is the only patent ever issued in medicine or healthcare on promoting longevity and health span, and health span is the most important word, meaning keeping us healthier longer rather than sick longer. Yeah. This is when the fasting market started to gain appeal because what we, what we observe or what they observe at USC is now the body is rejuvenating, is getting younger, so it's a younger, more effective you in five days of fasting, mimicking diet. But then they, the researchers started testing the body with diseases and starting, started with mice and they showed that the body actually reverses diabetes in mice. It tries to attack cancer in mice. It tries to, so same example, if you're, if you're going through bankruptcy as a company and you know there's a department that is dysfunctional and sunking a lot of your effort, you're going to try to fix that department. 
So what we saw, at least in mice, and now there are 39 clinical trials testing fasting, mimicking diet in diseases in humans. But what, what we saw in mice is that the body actually under that stress of fasting, um, the five days fasting mimicking diet, in mice they do three days because it's a, it's a smaller conversion on the animal, the body starts looking for things that are wrong in it and tries to reverse them or deal with them. Right. So fasting to more, not just a healthy aging and longevity perspective. Now we're talking about potentially therapeutic fasting, which, uh, which could impact the course of chronic diseases that are killing 87% of us. So this was the, the big hype behind fasting three years ago. And, um, and then a lot more has been since looked at, you know, what if we fast for a few hours? What happens? What we call today intermittent fasting. And unless you have a question on, on prolonged fasting, the fasting and making diet, I can tell our audience a little bit more about intermittent fasting. Well, yeah, I want to go, go into that intermittent fasting and the difference be- between that and the more of the five-day prolonged fast. But before we get there, I think a common question that I get is, why is our body only cleaning up, so to speak, you know, autophage when we're in a fasting state? I feel like there is this confusion around like that, that very critical, important part of what our body does in a fasted state. Why is that happening in the absence of food? Um, what is your take on that? Uh, autophagy, you know, all, all these responses that we talked about, whether it's Autophagy meaning the self, the, the, the cell self-eating or eating the inside and optimizing its performance, or it is a, a, a younger cellular push on day four and five of the fasting or the fasting mimicking diet. These are symptoms of stress. So, so the, once you stress the body, once you create a big difference between how much the body needs in terms of calories and how much the body has in terms of calories, this is when the body says, okay, I, I have such a big need for calories and it happens, you know, the extreme of that is fasting, no calories. And so once there's a big need for calorie and the calories are not there, then the body has to t- tells the cells, Hey, I cannot feed you from the outside. I'm breaking down fat. I'm trying to bring you some ketones, but that's not enough. Uh, you know, you have to look inside for sources of calories. So it's the mm-hmm. cell trying to eat the debris, the organelles inside of the cell in order to live off those and, and consume them as calories. So it's a sign of caloric stress. Mm. And, and it happens with fasting for sure, because that's the most stressful thing you can impose on a cell. Now, it doesn't mean it doesn't happen if you're eating a very, very low-calorie diet and you can exercise at the same time. You create a big need for calories, and then the body might go to the cells and ask them to also consume some of the inside. So... Um, Fasting, it just happens as the most extreme stress you can put functionally on the cells. Uh-huh. And this is, the, like you said, this is the healing linkage, the therapeutic linkage, because of this component that is reversing things like type 2 diabetes and decreasing cancer, all those things, correct? Like this is the function of that. The, the, uh, the autophagy is not yet linked to be by itself therapeutic as much as yes, it is directionally a, a potentially preventative and, and corrective. Mm. But the day four, this, and it happens on day two and three, but this is why the researchers um, that have discovered the fasting and the, the prolonged fasting and the fasting mimicking diet, we, we asked to go for four or five days. Two or three days gets you to cellular cleanup, rejuvenation, which is actually, you know, under direction of prevention. But a lot of the, um, chronic disease management that we see with fasting. And again, a lot of it in mice, the human trials are happening now, but a lot of it goes with more prolonged fasting. The two and three days, we call them short, short-term fast. The four days and longer is what we call prolonged fast. Mm-hmm. Because then beyond the cell fixing the inside, then the body starts after that, after the cell finish, you know, the, the cell restructured, optimized on day three and three, and, and if you still are in fasting in day four and five, that's not even enough. And then the body calls for structural change, starts investing in the younger cells. We see in humans in the first human trial on the fasting mimicking diet, we saw an increase in circulating stem cells in the blood, uh, what we call MSPC. So we see the body investing in the younger cells who are um, optimized, they're very cost-effective, they don't carry a lot of DNA damage, so it pushes the younger part of the body. This is what we believe is, is, is the bigger 
potentially therapeutic impact of fasting, which happens again on the day four and five with the fasting when we get out. Okay. So when we start talking more about intermittent fasting, which is very, very popular right now, yes, that's not having the same effect as the prolonged fasting. No, the, the, the one major difference, uh, intermittent fasting, just to define it for our audience, you know, is fasting for a few hours up to max two days. And in most cases, it's fasting for 12 or 16 hours. The most popular intermittent fasting, if you want, protocols is to fast, you know, the overnight fast, which is 12 hours. We'll talk about it. And a lot of people today are recommending to fast for up to 16 hours, what we call 16-8. And we'll talk about it. But the definition of intermittent fasting is really fasting for a few hours up to a day Mm -hmm. or two. Mm in, so the effect of intermittent fasting is more metabolic, is more weight-related, right? When we talked about the five days journey, we said day one and two, you know, is when your body can survive off breaking down fat right. and increasing the reserves from the liver. Again, if we go back, I always do the analogy with the company going through financial stress. You know, in the early period, you can go to the bank and borrow some money, get some credit. That's the liver gives you some credit. And you have savings accounts. And the saving account is the fat in the body. And you can live off those in the initial period. And this is what intermittent fasting is. Intermittent fasting is I'm every, you know, um, frequently I'm going through uh, uh, financial, you know, needs. So I go to bank and I withdraw my account and I keep depleting my account gradually. And therefore, you know, my account goes close to zero. And this is mm-hmm. your fat in the body, you know, decreases, decreases to healthier levels. So intermittent fasting plays more on the, weight-related and metabolic side of fasting, whereas prolonged fasting, once you cross day two and three, we we call it short-term fast, you optimize the inside of the cell, and day four and five, you're actually pushing younger cells in the body. It's more of a structural change in the body, and this is where you get cellular impacts of fasting, which is more therapeutic. So that's the main difference between the the two types of fasting. So just to go back to intermittent fasting though, when we're doing this continuously, like when someone has an intermittent fasting schedule that they do repeatedly day in, day out, does it lose the stress effect on the body? Like, does that become the body's new quote unquote, like norm where it no longer is that stress and therefore no longer really works? Um, Well, yeah, to, to start with the stress of intermittent fasting is not a major, I mean, again, there are there are multiple intermittent fasting types. And in the 12 hour, let me start with the 12 hour because it's very important. It's less talked about in the media. A lot of the bloggers today and the biohackers in the media are talking about 16-8. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you why. But 12-12 is what we recommend, what a lot of longevity research recommends because it follows the body natural circadian rhythm. You know, we are for, for an, an, an evolution for thousands and thousands of years when we didn't have, you know, lights and refrigerators and stocking food and all of that. We used to, you know, have an early dinner, family dinner at six, seven, the sun is down. Mm-hmm. And then we used to sleep uh, and they wake up in the morning and eat what we have saved in food or go and seek food. So that 12 hours of night, of overnight uh, uh, sleep is actually important because if you fast during that period rather than snacking, which is what most of us do today, um, you're basically balancing the body. You're basically saying, in 12 hours I'm eating, and then I leave the body for 12 hours to digest, but then afterwards to start spending what I ate. Mm. And it's important to balance the body, what we call homeostasis, to keep to protect that homeostasis. And in the morning then, when you wake up, this is when your brain becomes active, more active than the nighttime, and this is when your muscle you need to move and, and your heart, heart rate increase because you're moving and all that. So you need calories in the morning. And so, so a healthy breakfast is also recommended. And if you look at the centenarian studies, meaning people living 100 and beyond, and Walter Longo in his Longevity Diet book talks about it. Um, he, he visited you know, a lot of what we call blue zones around the world where people live up to 100 and more. And studied what they eat and how they eat, et cetera. And this overnight fast of 12 hours followed by a breakfast is, was really a common pattern. So mm-hmm. it wasn't a stress of the body. 12 hours doesn't stress you that much as much as it balances the mm. food intake and the mm-hmm. food expenditure. And so we're, we're almost sure that this is a healthy practice. 
that it puts our body in harmony with itself, with what it, how it evolved to behave and balances your food intake and your food expenditure. And uh, a lot of the publications now in the Journal of Cardiology also are showing the importance of that overnight fast and followed by, by a healthy morning breakfast. Now, the easiest thing to do, or not, not easier, but, but more practical given our lifestyle, we're eating a little bit later at night, and then a lot of people are recommending to skip breakfast and prolong you know, the morning fast up to noontime or 2 p.m. and have lunch. And this is more what's called, and in the morning you're busy anyhow, you wake up, you don't have a big appetite for food, especially if you didn't eat, if you ate a little bit later the, the night before. Um, so it's more practical and, and happening a lot today that people are skipping breakfast, and some of them when they do it intentionally to stay up to lunch or, or 2 p.m. time. And this is the 16 hours of fast, or what we call 16-8 versus the 12-12 that we talked about. And that 16-8 is being today uh, um, recommended by some biohackers and bloggers for people to lose weight. And it makes sense that you would lose weight when you push your body a little bit further and you create mm. that stress and that longer time of having no food to be adjusted. You're going to lose weight. When you lose weight, you improve metabolic markers. You're going to improve your cholesterol, your triglycerides, your blood pressure. And if you're, you know, if you have metabolic syndrome or you start developing insulin resistance, obviously when you start losing weight, you start improving that. So, so there are benefits of doing 16-8 and the benefits really are for people who really need it on the short term. We always recommend and we say it in this way. If, if, if you are obese, if you are pre-diabetic, um, and if you really need to do a correction, an intervention to correct fast, you can go up to 16 hours, and, um, and that will help you correct on the short term. And why we don't recommend it for everyone? We recommend for everyone more the 12-12, because the 16-8 comes at a cost. It has some disadvantages. We talked about in the morning, your body needs calories. Your brain is act more active. Your body is moving. So you need to feed vital organs in the morning, and, and it stresses them not being fed all the way to 2 p.m. This is why many of us, if you practice the 16-8, you know, many, many talk about having a headache around, you know, 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. or feeling weak, etc. So, so it's more interventional and there should be a need for it. Um, we're, we're also started seeing some articles around fasting over 15 and 16 hours being potentially good for breast cancer, uh, um, because you know cancer loves food, and if you starve uh, or or underfeed the body, you're underfeeding cancer. We start seeing some early studies on Alzheimer's, saying, "Hey, the brain likes ketones as well, and likes a little bit the stress and the rejuvenation." So maybe the overnight fast could help. These are early early studies, early results, but as you can see, they all relate 16 hours with some intervention on the short term that you need to fix. It's more interventional versus homeostasis. Right. Right, and, and so we don't recommend everyone going that that long sixteen hours without food, unless there's a reason to do it, and the reason could be you know losing weight fast or faster. We recommend the twelve twelve, which we have shown to be more in sync with our body biology and with people living hundred and beyond how they how they how they eat and what are their patterns. Right. I mean, to me, the the definition of intermittent is occurring at irregular intervals, right? Like it's not steady or consistent. So my only thing with intermittent fasting is once we get into the steady rhythm of yes. starting breakfast at, or starting your day with food at 2 PM, like you said, there at some point is going to be a consequence yep. to that. So metabolically speaking, before we get into the prolonged fast, which is what I really want to talk about, like, is there a downside to doing the eight and 16 metabolically over time? Like, yeah, have you seen people like kind of go the opposite extreme of like you lose weight for a while and then it comes back? Um, I, I, there are no studies on, uh, you know, th that's, that's the other mm -hmm. important point here to talk about is most studies about fasting. This is why I started the call talking about prolonged fasting. A lot of the studies are really on the fasting, the making diet and the prolonged fasting. These mm -hmm. are the more scientific publications in journal like Cell, Science, <laughs> Nature, the intermittent fasting is, you know, has been more in the biohacking and the blogging into, mm. into that space versus having 
you know, serious clinical trials showing serious results or long-term results. Mm-hmm. It, it makes sense based on, okay, I skip, I skip a meal a day, say breakfast in this case, which again, I don't advise for doing that unless there's a specific interventional reason you want to do it. I, we advise that you skip food for 12 hours, but then you have right. 13 hours, but then you have your breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But in, in, in a lot of data showing the importance of breakfast, it's a, it's a big discussion today, but we don't have um, uh, a lot of clinical data showing what you are talking about, which is, hey, if you do 16-8, okay, you lost the weight, what happens after? Or are you, is your body going through this yo-yo effect? 60 hours, no food, eight hours, you're craving food. Are you overeating? What mm-hmm. you, what's going to happen in the long term? There aren't enough data there, and we definitely call for that. Um, as scientists, I'm, I'm a physician, and I'm, I'm, I decided to, to, um, to lead the company in an in, in effort in, 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 in launching fasting around the world, but mainly with the prolonged fasting mimicking diet for two reasons. One, there's science behind what happens. Number two, and the science is published and is sponsored by the National Institute of Health, and, and it's reviewed and all of that. But number two is it's done with food, which is mm-hmm. the, 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 safest, the safest part of doing fasting rather than with starvation. Right. And, and now I'm sure everyone's wondering, what is the fasting mimicking diet and how do you do that? So, so uh, it's interesting how the fasting mimicking diet even started. You know, where the, the again Professor Walter Longo and USC Longevity Institute they were <clears throat> doing trials on prolonged uh, and actually any kind of fasting, and this is why they settled on the five days because it was the most therapeutic, the most you know it was the it was the only one inducing if you on metabolic changes and cellular changes, and they were very interested in taking this body into its full transformation, both function, weight and cells and see what happened for longevity and for diseases. And when, when they finished the mice trials and there were multiple successful mice trials, whether on longevity or on diseases, they went to human trials and it was initially water fasting. They never mm. even conceived mm-hmm. that we can fast with food. It's an, it's an oxymoron. It wasn't even imagined. And then when they started doing the cancer trials and they were, they were doing four to five days of fasting, with cancer because the theory was if you starve cancer before chemotherapy, you weaken cancer. Cancer, as you know, uh, is the fastest growing organ once you have it and keeps replicating. So the theory was why don't we fast four days before chemotherapy and starve that cancer and weaken it and, and get in it hit by chemotherapy, uh, which now actually is, is, is getting more and more recognized in the fasting mimicking diet just finished three studies on, on cancer. We haven't published those yet, so I'm not going to reveal the results, but they're going to be extremely exciting. But patients couldn't water fast. So you, both USC and Mayo Clinic were trying to recruit uh, people to do that, and four mm-hmm. days was almost impossible for people to do, and, and starving them, it was risky, and you know they had cancer and all of that. So it was out of necessity. It was out of doing a clinical trial that the researchers started thinking what to do, what to do. And they said, what if, what if we find a food formula that we can feed the body and without really triggering the sensors of the cells? And, and, you know, these are the top, among the top nutritional research in the world. And they know how the cell, if you want, gets signals and senses food. And they were saying, how about I feed the body, but not enough for the body to say I have enough. Right. That's the concept. So, I always go back to this example of the company going through bankruptcy. So if the company needs a million dollar a month to operate and you come and you give it $250,000 in, in, you know, the CEO of that company is not going to feel like, you know, in safety and is not going to go and hire again and, and grow again. He's going to say, thank you. That's going to be really important for my operations for keeping the base, you know, and it's going to finance also my transition, my restructuring. So that's the concept is how much of every ingredient whether it's macronutrient, meaning proteins, carbs, and fat, or micronutrients, including minerals and vitamins, how much can we feed, not starve now? How much can we nourish in, in of each of those ingredients um, without triggering the sensors of the, of the cell? I don't want to use a lot of technical uh, words, but for those of us who are listening to us today and, and understand a little bit some of the pathways in the cell, but 
we call them the TOR pathway, the PKA, and the rest and the RAS pathway. How can we not trigger those pathways and therefore not tell the cells that you're eating and keep them in a fasting mode, although we're nourishing the body? And that's this is the fasting mimicking diet concept. It has more than 66 ingredients uh, in a very complex formulation, but it's all plant-based. There's only honey uh, for those who are debate whether honey is is you know vegan or or, or not. But it's uh, it's mainly plant-based. It comes in the form of bars and soups and crackers. It's, it's like eating mm-hmm. normal food, but it's very specifically formulated to give you that across-the-board nourishment without. Any, on any one of the ingredients triggering the sensors of the cells. So you're nourishing while keeping the cell in fasting. They call it the fasting mimicking diet or FMD. In, in, at the same time, it helped a lot of research on fasting. And mm. today mm-hmm. there are over 39 clinical trials happening globally at 12 different universities doing research on the fasting mimicking diet. It helps the body go all the way to structural cellular and functional and weight-related changes while feeding that patient or the consumer. Um, and so it makes fasting easy. You don't have to do it every day. It's only five days. Um, and you don't have to do it every month. It's really, if you're healthy, you're doing it to rejuvenate your body. You only need to do it two to three times a year. That's oh, only really? 15 yeah. days commitment. Uh-huh. Um, and if you want to intervene, you, do, you are overweight, you have a risk factor, and you can do it three months in a row. So five days on the first month, five days, second month, five day, third month. And then if you reverse that or you attain your objective, uh, your health objective, then you can just do it once every three or four months. Mm. So that aspect of effectiveness, that aspect of it's only being five days, you don't have to diet every day. Uh, we do believe actually that your body should not be on one diet for long term. We believe the body was born to enjoy four seasons, variety of food, right. uh-huh. the microbiome and all of that. So, so we stand behind the fasting mimicking diet being a short intervention, five days, being coming from human evolution, you know, religions and making sense that the body from time to time needs to go to the mechanic, if you will, needs to be rechecked, needs to be reset. And it has to be done, you know, a few times a year, not every day. Mm-hmm. So walk us through what, what a five-day food-mimicking fast looks like. Um, so on, on day one, um, you're getting uh, 1,100 calories and, and you have two what we call fast bars. And these are bars that are very rich in, um, in nuts, um, specifically macadamia and, and, and walnut, etc. The, the nuts, and these are the most expensive things that, that nature gave us right. and, because they have very high healthy good fats. And it's very important when you want to nourish the body to give it the healthy fats. As, as people know, the brain is made of fat and the nerve, nerve system, et cetera. And unfortunately, we've been sold unhealthy fats and, and, and fried fats, et cetera, and, um, and created this bad uh, connotation behind fat. But healthy fats coming specifically from nuts is a very important ingredient for the, for the body. And you have uh, soups and you have um, uh, uh, another a cracker and a bar. And then on day two, three, four, and five, you go to an 800 level of calories. The, the, the calorie count is, is important, but is, is, is minor. What's most important is really the ingredients. And um, so you, every day you have your drinks, you have your tea, and then you have your food, which consists of crackers and soups and a fast bar in the morning. So it's basically, and, and you know, you have your breakfast, lunch, and dinner made of bars and soups and crackers, and um, and you have your supplements. You have uh, because we don't want you to be uh, depleted from a mineral and, mm-hmm. and uh, 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 you know standpoint. So you have two supplements every day, and um, and you have your drink inside. So you don't need to eat or drink anything outside of it, besides obviously being hydrated with water. Um, so it's your food and beverage for five days. Um, and on day one, it just tells the body, hey, you're going you're gonna to start going into fasting. And, and day two, three, four, and five really mimics fasting in, in the body. And, and although you're eating, your cells are going through the journey that we talked about. First, you lose a lot of weight, then you restructure the, intra, the intracellular part, which is autophagy. And then uh, on day four and five, the body's pushing the younger cells in the body to get more active versus the older cells. 
Okay. Okay. That makes, that makes sense. So really what you're suggesting is that people shouldn't do this like without that nourishment. Yeah, because five days of water fast is really, um, has three issues. Number one, compliance. You know, you have to, you have to stay without food and water, food with, with water, obviously, but without food for five days, it's very, very difficult. And this is why the fasting mimic and I was created because in the clinical trials, people cannot do the, the water fast. Number two, you're going to be weakened and it's risky. So, you know, imagine day two, three, and you know, you're, you're going to have your headaches, you're going to be non-functional and, and you have to go to work. We're all active somehow, whether performance-wise, whether work-wise, whether, you know, uh, being a mom and a pop. And, and so we need to really live our days and be active. And number three is risky. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, you need minerals to operate. You need vitamins. You need food uh, as, as the body, you know, needs to operate. So it's not impossible. And, but we only, we say, if you want to do a longer water fast, there are some special clinics where you can do it there. So mm-hmm. now you're taking time off. You're going right. to a clinic and uh, you're being supervised by doctors. And there are a few clinics around the world that, that, does, that do water-only fasting for a prolonged period. Mm-hmm. If you want to do it at home, if you want to do it without really um, this incapacitation, you can only do it with a fasting mimicking diet if you want to be safe and compliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So for you, what does your fasting lifestyle look like over the course of a year? Are you down to the point where you just do this twice a year and then... What do you do in between? Yeah, I do. I do uh, fasting mimicking diet. It's called Prolon. I do it uh, three times a year, sometimes four, uh, depending on my schedule. But I try to do it once every three months and max mm-hmm. every four months. Mm-hmm. And in between, I fast every day for twelve hours. The mm-hmm. overnight fast. I try to stop eating around seven, max eight, and then have my breakfast around eight or nine. Um, in, or, or I have in the morning, uh, a fast bar, um, um, you know, just to curb the hunger and get me, get me the morning, uh, uh, the morning minerals and vitamins. So, um, I love the fast bar. I, 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 I consume almost once a day. Um, in more recently I started, this is, this is more, uh, uh, self-serving, uh, you know, we, a lot of our consumers doing the fasting mimicking diet, and, and again, we talk about five days. They come back to us and they say how, what to do in between. And obviously, you know, <clears throat> us coming from USC and from where the longevity, the only longevity institute in the world is studying nutrition and what we should eat to live longer. They ask us always what to eat. And, and, and if you read the book, The Longevity Diet, we focus a lot on the plant-based and a, and a pescatarian diet, meaning, you know, right. getting mostly animal sources of protein from fish or, or seafood. And so we, we, we definitely recommend uh, a pescatarian, sometimes a little bit of meat uh, for flexitarians or, 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 or pescatarian is really what we see the centenarians, people living 100 years mm-hmm. and beyond is, you know, what's, what's their most common diet. Um, but the issue today, even if you go and you buy your food, there's no guarantee that the food wasn't sprayed by pesticides or herbicides or um, is not genetically modified or is not a mixed grain, which is what wheat is in the United States. I don't know if, mm-hmm. if, if you know, but, but over 99% of the wheat we eat or, or the bread is a mixed bread. And this is why it has high gluten. This is why now the big hype around gluten and trying to eat gluten-free every day I wish we'd just revive the old grain of bread and, and eat a very, very low gluten bread as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. seeing all these issues in pesticides and herbicides and mix, we decided to go around the world and bring pure grains from the longevity zones and bring them to the US, pure meaning non-modified. And then we decided to grow them ourselves and, mm-hmm. and put them in the longevity recipe, a pescatarian or vegetarian, and ship them overnight for people who want to eat what we call it today, nutrition for longevity. So mm-hmm. you ask me what I eat. I, I do three to four times prolon. I do, uh, um, I do the 12 hour fast. And a lot of time in the morning, I take the, the fast bar. And then my d- daily food, at least three days a week, because this is what we ship to stay fresh. I do nutrition for longevity, uh, which is a pescatarian diet. Mm-hmm. So when we, 
When we look at fasting, I see a lot of people jumping on um, the ketosis diet to, I think, try to mimic what you're getting from fasting, obviously quick weight loss and all those things. How is this different than that? Like, yeah. what is your take on that? That's a great question. What we call the ketogenic diet, which is now very popular. Um, the, the ketogenic diet is, um, is you know, has has high good fats, which is what the fasting mimicking diet would have. Has a low carb, which is the, what what the fasting mimicking diet would have, and has high, higher protein than. I mean, it's a nor, it's normal in protein, is what I would say, which is mm-hmm. which is the fasting mimicking diet would have less and different proteins, and this is this is very important because when you take the ketogenic diet, your body is sensing. The proteins, and once the body senses one of the ingredients, then the body doesn't go into doesn't get the stress, the full stress of fasting. Mm. So this is why you have to do the ketogenic diet every day for a long period to get into mild ketosis. So you have you know people on ketogenic diet they do it every day, and after a week or two they start getting some ketone bodies in their blood. The fasting mimicking diet is, if you want to describe it as the, the the true or the optimized keto diet, meaning it really puts the body, it really mimics fasting. So this is why you only do it, need to do it for five days because it gets you in a, in, a, in a solid fasting mode. And that's important because once you mimic fasting without the cells knowing that, so you don't have the, the proteins and the carbs that you can find in the ketogenic diet and that, that actually tells the cell you're eating. So in the case of the fasting mimicking diet, studied perfectly to mimic a fast and therefore get you the full stress and therefore pushes your cells to regenerate. Mm-hmm. So the ketogenic diet, in short, you have to do it every day. It's, it, it helps you a lot from a sugar and metabolic and weight perspective, but it gets you into mild fasting and therefore doesn't push the corrective part, the cellular part of correction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. And I think that there is value in carbohydrates. And I think that's what you're saying too, especially when we get back into the plant-based aspect of that. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, I mean, unfortunately, a lot of nutrition is not driven by social media and ideas and people who want right. to. And, and so now the craze is, oh, we all are scared of diabetes, therefore we should go super, super low in carbs, which is not true because your body needs carbs to, to function and to operate. So we should not overeat carbs. We should lose the excess fat that we have. But actually, we should eat carbs and especially, you know, especially complex carb like fibers. And, and it's important for the microbiome and for the body and for, you know, a brain that's active during the day and muscles that need to move and, and kidneys and heart that need to work. So and that craze of going super, super low in carb and, um, and, and, and still keep the proteins at a higher level and is, is just a little bit of disbalance, I think, to the body. Uh, the body is used to to eat a lot of vegetables and, 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 and some fruits and they have, you know, the right amount of complex carb. The body is sometimes used to eat, um, you know, uh, animal-based protein, especially fish. And then sometimes even, you know, red meat when we evolved to be able to hunt. And this is, and the body was, is used to eat variety of food so that it reaches the microbiome and gets the minerals and the vitamins that it needs from different sources. Um, you know, I personally, I always judge any idea put in front of me based on, does it rematch my body with what my body was mm. meant to eat, right? So mm-hmm. we're, we, didn't, we, didn't, we were not born yesterday. We're, we've been on planet Earth for a long time. And, right. nature, and our body interacted long enough to sculpt us, right? And so for, for the longest period of us living on planet Earth, we were always living around water. We were going around rivers, around water, because we need water to drink and to shower. And, and when there was water, there's a green fields next to it. And uh, therefore, we were eating a lot of greens. We were eating a lot of, you know, plant-based. We were plant-based. And, and when there is water, there are fish. There is fish. And the fish cannot see, uh, see us at that high or, or fly or run away. And it was easier to fish. And when we evolved to be able to hunt an animal is when we started eating red meat. And when we evolved to now uh, uh, raise and, and have cattle and big, this is more recently, we started eating more meat. But this is like a little bit of a diversion of who we are as humans. And, and every idea, I think, today 
that is put in front of us and every day, and unfortunately, in, in, in with, with less stringent regulation on nutrition and less respect, I think, of, about nutrition that, that it deserves. I think nutrition is one of the most important determinants of our health. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't get that scrutiny that medicine gets. So a lot of people get with a lot of get away with a lot of ideas, whether they're wrong or right. But every day we're bombarding our audiences with ideas and they're lost. One day we tell them you should eat plant-based, the other day ketogenic. They should I always tell people listen to two things. One good science and number two uh, think about whether something makes sense from rematching your body with what your body is meant to eat yeah. in, in human evolution. If it makes sense on both sides, this is what I would recommend you do. Right. And one thing that I appreciate you saying so much over and over in this podcast is that the word balance, which I feel like is really getting thrown out. And I think it's such an important word, especially for our body, because that is homeostasis. That is how we live is by keeping our body in balance. Yeah. And we live in such extremes, you know, the health that the diet industry, the health world, goes to such extremes that I think we sometimes forget to teach how the body works because we want to sell exactly. what, what we think um, will make some profit and, and get those quick results, but at, at, at the, the cost of something. Yes. And so I really appreciate you bringing this back into that balance and putting a focus more on that, that seasonally, you know, like just looking at the world, like, and how our body works is so important. Um, and these are just basic principles that you, like you said, we've done forever that we've lost. And now we've gone to the utmost extremes, which is not healthy either. So I really appreciate you talking about that and bringing this back into light. Now I'm sure everyone at this point is wondering, okay, where can I get all the information to try out this fast and get those, those foods that I should eat during this to, to increase the longevity of this and, and to make it realistic for us. Yeah, I fully agree. And, and I love your comment about the balance and you're right. Every time we are pushed to do something extreme, it means there's a business idea behind it. And when it's right. And, yeah. and we should really, you know, be balanced in what we eat. We should fast for 12 hours. I mean, we call it fast, but it's really what we're meant to be. It is to sleep with right. our body and only a few times a year, you know, do a prolonged fast. Uh, which is exactly what our ancestors had to go through when they migrated during the winter, when there was no, uh, you know, food, etc. And uh, and I think this is this is what we call the longevity diet. You know, it's you, you take your body, you keep your body balanced and in check, and then you take or same thing you do to your car, it keeps it in balance and check, and then you take it to the mechanic. You know, a few times only when needed to reset and repair and and, and check it up and. That's exactly what what we recommend. So regarding the fasting mimicking diet, um, you know, the only fasting mimicking diet today in the market is called Prolon, P-R-O-L-O-N. And it's for promoting longevity. This is how the name came up. Um, And people can uh, Google Prolon or go to prolonfmd.com to find it. Um, It is positioned for promoting longevity, meaning helps you do three things. You lose the weight. Obviously, when you mimic fasting, it's one of the fastest ways to lose weight. People love that. Number two, you're improving, you know, or, or you, you, you would maintain healthy level of metabolic markers, whether that's uh, CRP, blood pressure, insulin, sugar, etc. And number three, you're this, we talked about the cellular aspect of the prolonged fast. So definitely, you would be stressing your cells and therefore helping your cells go through autophagy and and, and clean up and rejuvenation. Um, and this is why the fasting and making diet got the patent on promoting longevity and health span. And now there are 24 patents um, which are filed on fasting and making diet for con- conditions and diseases. Um, these products, these versions of Prolon are being tested now in clinical trials. And soon enough, we're going to announce the cancer results and then we're going to have another product for cancer fasting mimicking diet for cancer. I'm extremely excited about it because up till today, again, talking about businesses wanting to selling us nutrition in, in wrong ideas, you know, cancer, once you have cancer, it's the fastest mm-hmm. organ in the body. By definition, it's a crazy cell that wants to grow and grow and grow. And the last thing you want is to keep feeding cancer. So um, we're today testing another version of fasting mimicking diet that people would take right before chemotherapy to 
starve the cancer and weaken the cancer vis-a-vis chemotherapy. And um, we didn't get the initial results. We're going to publish those soon and we're going to mm-hmm. see if we're going to be able to launch that next year. But today for, mm-hmm. uh, for longevity, weight loss and rejuvenation purposes, you can do prolonged fasting with the chemo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is incredible information. And the research is really remarkable and stunning. Um, and I think it's always so fascinating how excited we get when we actually find something that works, but it really is something that we've been doing since the beginning of creation, right? Like this is just how our bodies were designed and it really goes back to doing that. Um, so it's pretty remarkable. So just a couple quick fire questions before we leave, what is one thing that you're excited about that's up and coming in the health or the nutrition space that, you know, maybe we haven't heard in a while or haven't ever heard. I think it is um, the Secretary of Health and Human Services this year, early this year, said by 2020, Medicare is looking at reimbursing meals and food. That, that's for me, is one of the most exciting things yeah. because, you know, we've focused a lot and we talked about it. The budget is over two trillion today in healthcare. Yet we're we're, we're we lost zero point years, zero point four years of our longevity in the U.S. So how could that even be possible? Because the money is going into into wrong direction. We definitely need to to still innovate in in the pill business and the surgery business. These are a must. We need to care when we're sick. But what we need to do much more for is healthcare, not sick care. And the big cornerstone of healthcare is lifestyle transformation. And lifestyle has mm-hmm. stress, sleep, nutrition, exercise, and social capital, social capital being your mm-hmm. relationship with others. So I'm very excited to see that insurance, that Medicare started looking into that and, and are actually willing to start paying for meals and for nutrition. And I would be even more excited if the, the, the FDA and, and the other regulatory bodies um, you know, really look at food almost as medicine and try to also regulate that field and discipline because we need to cut the noise out there. A lot of people trying to, you know, gather email lists and, and do a new podcast and do a new this and that just because they're trying to sell a product behind it or um, which, is, which is fine if they have the right product and the right idea, but a lot of them popping up every day with ideas that might be harmful for people. Um, right. And nutrition is medicine, actually, is medicine for when you're healthy and can be medicine for when you're sick. This is a movement that we're leading with the fasting and making diet. And it's important to to help the consumer from from uh, wrong ideas and, and, and protect them. And, and it's important for the government and, and payers to um, to start looking at food as medicine and, and, and try to reimburse things that are right. Right. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. My last question is what's the best piece of advice you could leave us with? I think, you know, the, to me, the true source of longevity is really happiness. And if, if every day you wake up and, and you feel a sense of purpose, you, you approach your day in a positive way and, 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 you know, and, and you care about things that are important in life. We have a lot of artificial things that are imposed on us today. Um, you know, emails and phones and to-do lists and, and taxes and securities and this and insurance. And I think, think we build, <clears throat> build a life that's full of to-do lists and full of moments of stress and some moments of joy, but they're joyful short-term moments. We need to go back to happiness. We need to find mm-hmm. <clears throat> a sense of purpose and, and be appreciative of what we have. And I think this is, if you look at the centenarians and people living long, Besides that nutrition and exercise, you can always see in their eyes and the way they talk and their smile that they're just happy people. And I think we as humans kind of started losing that happiness and we need to get it back. And I think it will help us go through a lot of stresses and a lot of issues that we deal with every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so good. I love that answer because health is just more than what we put in our body and how much we move it. You said there's a whole relational component and I think that is also going to come back up um, in a major way in the next few years in the health world, or I hope it does. Um, that's my hope for moving forward. Um, okay. I really appreciate you being here before we go. I, I have, um, checked out some of the bars and the fast, and this is something super interesting to me. There is a cost associated with that, which I always think it's worth the investment, but if someone cannot right now afford that, 
is there a way to do this without the prolonged foods and guide, or is that really like just save for that? So you do it right. Yes. So there's a cost of, you know, which, which we estimate as being the cost of food for five days to buy prolonged. It's $250 or it's $225 if you buy three, which is, you know, in the U.S., the cost of food and beverage for, for an average American is almost $196 a week. And um, we do offer a health coach consult for free, so we price the box at $225 or $250. That is going to be expensive for some people as well. And if, if before you go and you check out on the ProLon pricing page, there's, you, can, you can see at the bottom of it, it says Consumer Assistance Program. We have a big mission of helping everyone. If you cannot pay for the mm. prolon, please uh, click on that. Send us your, uh, you know, either a tax filing or a pay stub and, and information that we can, that we can, that can show us that, hey, it's, it's going to be difficult for you to pay for it. And we're going we're gonna to do something for you. This is very important for us. Um, I didn't mention this in this talk, but we donate 60% of our profits back to the Create Cures Foundation. So um, our founder, Walter Longo, is a very humanistic person who wanted to be separated from the company. So he doesn't take any penny from the company. He donated all his shares, which today are 60% of the company, back to foundations mm. and nonprofits. Um, mm. I mean, I cannot recommend that people can go and, 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 and do it because it's so complicated at the fasting and became diet. And uh, right. it's, it's a very, you know, it took 23 years of research and over $36 million of dollars in, in that to get here. A lot of people uh, try to eat 100 calories a day or 1,100, but as, as we talked, um, you know, if the body recognizes one of the ingredients, it's not going to be fasting. So you'll, be, you'll lose the weight but you're not going to get the stress of fasting and the regeneration, um, which, you know, is unfortunate. So what we say is right. buy Prolon. If you cannot, we're going to help you get it uh, right to mm-hmm. us. And we're going to be here to help. Um, there were ca- a lot of cases where people tried to cook it and they call us, say it doesn't work. And a lot of hospitals also call us and it's a very delicate formulation. And at the same time, it's unsafe to cook very low calorie and try it uh, without any proof behind it. So I have to take that stance because I have to stand by the science and by the discovery uh, rather than going in and um, in, you know, letting people cook things that are not proven or that are not going to mimic fasting. Right. Yeah. No. And I appreciate that. They are a company on a mission to help everyone do this. That is really unheard of again in the health space. So make sure that you check that out. I'll link all that up in the show notes. But before we go, where can we learn more about you and what you're doing? Um, so the, the, the company website is called L-Nutra, L-Nutra, and L for longevity, Nutra through nutrition. This is when you can see uh, more about the company, the trials, the papers. A lot of what we talked about today is if you go to the L-Nutra site, L-Nutra.com, you click on scientific articles. A lot of it is published there. For me personally, um, I'm, may, I'm mostly active on LinkedIn. Um, you can go to Joseph Anton um, and find me there. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit less active on, on, uh, on the typical social media, but I'm very active on LinkedIn. And, um, and through um, uh, the best thing to hear from us is to really uh, give us your email. If you go to the Prolon site, um, you can give us your email. And I do actually, I'm very active with the people who subscribe to listen to us and hear about the latest discoveries. So if you go to the Prolon site, uh, uh, put your email address. You're going to hear a lot of the news, the exciting news coming from us. You're going to hear a lot of recommendation about what to eat every day and, and how to live a healthier, happier life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dr. Anton, thank you so much for being here and sharing this wealth of information with us. It has been really fascinating and um, yeah, exciting. Thank you very much as well. Hopefully, you know, through this hour, we've been able to positively touch the lives of your listeners. Okay, I hope that explains all of your questions about intermittent fasting and prolonged fasting and even encourages you to try out a prolonged fast. I know it's something that I'm going to do and I'll take you along in the journey as I test out their prolonged products. Like I said, I have been digging into prolonged fast for a really long time and the research is spot on in every single study. What's even more fascinating is it's so simple to do, right? It doesn't require any medication or outside sources, and the health benefits are immeasurable. 
So if you want to learn more about Dr. Joseph Anton and the Prolong system, head on over to ProlongFMD.com. That's P-R-O-L-O-N-F-M-D.com to check out the fasting mimicking diet. Or you can learn more about Dr. Anton at LNutra, that's L-Nutra.com. I'll make sure and link all that up in the show notes. So head on over to SimperanceWellness.com backslash 204 to learn more and to find out what I learned doing the prolonged diet for five days. So head on over there to get all my results, what I learned, what I do it again, and to give you a special offer if you want it. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Next week, we head back to the lies and this lies all about hormones. I'll see you back here then.